Paul's main point as he started that section was, I do not consider our present sufferings even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. So he's not ignoring our present sufferings, but he is very excited about what is to come and knows that what is to come really outweighs whatever suffering we're going on right now. Well, hello, everybody. It's John Fanus here with David Ding for the 2022 version of Fanus Ding Connect. Uh, we took a break over Advent and we're back together as we dive back into uh, Romans again. We're really glad to do this. I'm really excited about our podcast. But before we get into our podcast, David, tell us one thing you did over break or New Year's that is worth Telling, oh, and then you also have to tell us, because I thought it was interesting, about toilet seat covers. Oh. So, okay, so we'll... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because um, that was totally fascinating. Yeah, they're not, they're not connected. They're not connected. So yeah, sorry. My Christmas two, did two not involve things. toilet seat covers. Yeah, yeah, two different things. Um, I'll start with Christmas. Um, so the most exciting thing that I've been sharing is... Um, so my mom recently got a job at a, at a missions organization that'll stay unnamed. Um, but... Uh, they do some work in some sensitive areas, and so I was able to kind of go to her workplace and meet some people. And so there might be some exciting partnership opportunities uh, with them and through our global outreach team, as well as through our college ministry. So exciting. So that's really exciting. Very and exciting. In terms of toilet seat covers. And the reason this came up is we were on a staff meeting, and David was sharing random paper. We're trying to recycle better at our church office, so we got a very big uh, lecture might be too strong a word, but basically how to throw away our trash and where does paper go. And then David came up with some fascinating trivia. So, yeah. So yeah. some so before I went to seminary and after I graduated undergrad, I worked for my dad's company and he basically manufactures anything you might find in a hotel room. And um, there's a lot of paper and plastic products. And so the fun thing that I learned about toilet seat covers is, uh, well, there's multiple kinds, but the the ones that you use most often they're they're called quarter fold um, toilet seat covers because they're folded in a quarter. This will very much help your spiritual life. Yeah. So keep going. This is good. <laughs> um, so there's no machine that can actually fold quarter uh, fold toilet seat covers because one that fold is complicated and two the paper's too thin so machines can kind of like rip through it. So every single toilet seat cover you've used as long as it's quarter fold has been folded by human hands. So. Yeah. Wow. So, yes. So, someone has touched our... Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, thank you for sharing that with us, Davis. I just thought that was fascinating. Now... I feel like sales of quarter seat toilet covers will now decrease. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know if her voice came through, but we have a very special guest with us today in our podcast, uh, someone who I love dearly and have gotten to know more and more these last several months, but we have... Uh, uh, Irna Sitapu, Irna Sitapu uh, with us. And Irna um, has uh, been with our church for a long time. And she not only has a great story, but I just had a recent interaction with her uh, a few months ago that I just felt like God even used for me. And I wanted to make sure our church got to hear it as well. But first we want to get to know Irna. And now and then we're going to try to get to pe- get to know people at our church by bringing in church members and staff. So we're just so glad that you're here, Irna. Welcome very much. So Irna, tell us about yourself. Where were you born and how did you get to where you are now? So tell us a little about your story. So first of all, thank you for having me today and happy new year. Um, I was born in Indonesia in a city called Bogor. It's in West Java. 
and I was number four of four siblings, so I'm the baby. And all my siblings and my mom live in Indonesia, wow. except for my niece who lives in Germany now. So, um, so I grew up in Indonesia, and mm-hmm. then um, my husband and I came to the U.S. in 2010. Uh, this is actually our second time in the U.S. The first time was four or five years when I got a position as a postdoc at UC Davis. Wow. And then, yeah. okay. and then we returned home because the visa expires. It's the mm-hmm. maximum of five years. And then we decided to migrate back to the U.S. So we did that in 2008. So here we are now. And I work. Uh, I came back to work to the same boss, same lab, which yeah. I love. That's great. So <laughs> they, then, they loved you and you love them. I hope so. <laughs> and <laughs> and then yeah, I work. Uh, my position now is a project scientist. Is actually a, res- a researcher. Great. Yeah. And so you have your PhD. So tell us about where you went to school. Uh, so I went up to bachelor degree in Indonesia, and then I went to South Australia to University of Adelaide for my master's degree. Wow. I actually followed my father's footsteps. He did his PhD there, so I went there too. <laughs> so, and then I came back home working, and then opportunity opened, and I went to Japan as a new bride with my husband. Wow. And then we, we were there for three and a half years, and he was so patient with me because <laughs> I was doing my PhD. <laughs> and then we went back home again, and then in 2010, opportunity opened to go to the U.S. So wow. here we are now. Yeah. And um, sorry, so you came to the U.S. twice. Tell us again the years you came to the U.S. The first time was when? So it was in 2010 was and the first 2000 time. And f- until 2015, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So we had a project. We started having a project between U.S. and Indonesia. So that's how I got Got involved. it. And then you came back yeah. again in 2018? 18, yes. Oh, okay. That's really helpful. Okay, great. Okay, so how'd you meet? Just listen. Yeah. How'd you meet Enrico and how long have you guys been married? Oh, that's going to be another podcast. (laughs) That's a whole podcast. Okay. That'll be part two of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So it was unique in a way that we got introduced by my distant cousin. So I just came back from my study in Australia and then it was on my brother's wedding that day, like the, my distant cousin with um, her husband brought Henrico to the wedding ceremony, to the wedding party, and then they introduced me mm-hmm. to him. But then nothing happened for, I think, a couple of years. And then he called me out of a study and then, you know, got connected. And there's a whole lot story about this okay <laughs> we'll have to hear that story one and, day. yes and then we got um we dated for i think three months or so and then we got married and we went to japan so you fast. know wow you know that's very similar to my parents story it also related to immigration oh. it's like let's have a quick engagement and so we can get married before he leaves yeah that's amazing <laughs> that's great it still happens it's still yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so tell me about yeah. your faith journey with Jesus. Did you grow up as a Christian? Did you become a Christian later? Tell me about how you became a follower of Jesus. Uh, sure. So um, I was born and raised in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped lay uh, the basic foundation of my Christian faith. 
And then uh, the church. We went to church since I was very little. Um, but then when you go outside of the bubble, your family bubble and church bubble, you're exposed to outside world. And in, in Indonesia, you know that it's the most populous Muslim country. Yeah. So you started to face challenges, opportunity, temptation, and all those kind of things that make you think and question and then have confirmation. And I think all those years helped me to confirm my faith in Jesus. And then, um, yeah, so I guess it's not always easy, but that helped me to confirm. And many people, when they are asked when they become a follower, they many of them can say the exact mm -hmm, time and date. Mm -hmm. I don't have that right. one, but yeah, I guess yeah. my story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you say that because for many of us who grew up as um, Christians, we can sometimes feel jealous of those who have this dramatic story. And then you talk to those who have a dramatic story and they're jealous that they didn't grow up as Christians, you know? So, uh, uh, but for those of us who grew up, you know, Christians, usually it's not a dramatic story. Sometimes it is, especially if there's been kind of a leaving of Christ. But often it's more like a around this time, I, my faith became real to me, or I became, you know, as you shared, you know, you left your bubble, you had to ask some hard questions and all those, and God does a refining work often in those. It's good. Okay, so Irna, you lost your father this past August, and my condolences. Um, and I, I'll tell you what I remember from my side. I just want to hear from you as well. I remember I was about to leave for a vacation when I saw that you posted on Facebook the loss of your father. And I might I think I might have put so I can't remember. But to my shame, when I returned from vacation, I I didn't follow up. I, you know, I just I didn't do a good job as your pastor. And uh we've talked about this and you've been very gracious. Um but then you emailed. And so tell me a little what happened there, because I think something really good came out of that. Yeah, so my father passed away because of COVID complication. Mm -hmm. And then because of the restriction due to COVID, uh, I couldn't go back to Indonesia and then be with my family. And that was tough because um, everyone who arrived in Indonesia, they need to have a quarantine in the selected hotels. So I was thinking my family might want to wait for my arrival, but then due to COVID, I might expose people the possibility of contracting COVID. Mm -hmm. So I was um, discussing with my family and we decided I should just stay here in the U.S. And that was not fun at all. Yeah. I mean, I have a husband, a good husband that support me during these tough moments, but being away from family was really difficult. So I started, like I shared the story, the information about my father passing to my friends, some of my friends, and then one of my good friends immediately came and then she 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 brought a flower and then a book about grief a small book mm. about grief and then i saw i saw her shadow on the window and i opened the door she was downstairs we live in on the second floor and then she was sitting on the bike and then i was sitting on the floor we didn't say much, but mm -hmm. uh, I felt mm -hmm. the presence. Yeah. So that's yeah. really important. Yeah. And then I also asked my good friend and if, if she can provide meal for us. And then uh, my boss also sent me, she was out of town at the moment. 
I have a very nice relationship with my boss. Mm -hmm. So she sent me a flower and then I look at the flower many times during uh, that week. And then that gave me a sense of comfort. And then, um, but I didn't hear anything from my church. (laughs) So that, yeah, yeah, I was hurt at that moment. Absolutely. uh, what I want to share is it didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had my moment, of course, and you don't want to write email during those moments. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I just um, let it settle, cool down, mm-hmm. and then God put this idea in my heart. I think God did this. Um, so I had this idea that uh, if the church doesn't have this ministry, why don't we start a new one? Because I felt these gestures from my friend were really significant, were really com- comforting. And if the church, our church, doesn't have the ministry yet, why don't we, we start the ministry? So I shared this idea with my husband. I pitched the first time to him. And then he immediately said to me that he was glad that, uh, you, uh, that I think about it this way, that God turned my grief into a possibility, opportunity to minister people. So then I sent an email to you, and then mm-hmm. you were so gracious as well. And then you invited me to the um, care team meeting, and and that's it. So I was thinking why flower ministries, because I think our congregation consists of diverse nationalities, mm-hmm. And then flower is um, universal symbol mm. to say empathy. That's that's just the idea. So good. So. That's mm. amazing, Dave. What are your thoughts on that story? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a testimony that God creates beauty from ashes. For people in our church who might be going through challenges, what might be something that you would want to share with them? I think what I want to share with people at our church is that. Um, They are not alone, Mm -hmm. that they have a community, a family that can go through the difficult situation together. And that as long as we live in the world, we will face difficulties, Mm -hmm. grief and suffering. And I think it's important to know that God is with us. Then the church really wants to help also to go through the situation. That's, That's what. I really want to deliver the message. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's amazing to me that you took what you wish our church did for you in your moment of grief and said, let me be part of our church doing that for others. That was really powerful to me. And I remember the email I received from you and in church, I just want, I just, I, I know Erna probably doesn't want me to brag about her, but in her email, she shared her hurt with me. She was honest about that, but she was incredibly gracious and she also complimented it with, I would like to be part of a culture change for our church. And, and can I help this way? And it was very humble. It wasn't demanding. You weren't saying we ought to do this. It was just, a, if if this feels right, Pastor John, I'd be willing to do this. And so we invite you to be part of our care team. So we have a great group of volunteers called the care team, and they yeah. provide different, and uh, Irna has uh, now started the flower ministry. And it's not just you, Irna. You recruited like a whole football team of people to help you with this ministry. For <laughs> yes, that's true. I think uh, the reason also is I think um, UCC has a large congregation. And mm-hmm. I think we don't always know the needs of each individual. Yeah. And if we as a member could 
also work together with the church, that would be awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think the flower can give a message that is the church, although it's big, it can also be personal. That's right. So that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel and, like our care ministry has, I mean, not just because of you, but you were a big part of it, but so many, it's really shifted in the last several months in terms of our ability to care for people. And we've got a number of thank you cards from people who've been served by the flower ministry as well. Yes. That was fun to share yeah. as well. Yeah. You went from being hurt, which is very valid, to changing it to how can I be helpful? What what did God do to get you from point A to point B with that? Because I think for many of us who feel hurt by people, it's hard to get that there. Mm-hmm. And somehow God helped you. So is there anything you would relay to us when that kind of thing happens? I'm not sure. I guess it's all God. Yeah. I don't know uh-huh. the, yeah, the process. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just like I had this change of mindset mm-hmm. not very long after mm-hmm. I was hurt. So I guess it's a blessing because otherwise I might keep my hurt longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But if I may share, there is more to the story. Okay. Again, God has everything to do with it, uh, which I'm grateful. So a month into a flower ministry, I had this aha moment with God. Suddenly, God made me realize about something that is, I think, very important and will make you feel better not sending me anything <laughs> during my my grief in the first place. Oh, so I did the so, right thing is what you're saying. Okay. Yes. You, God made you do the right thing. <laughs> no. So um, what happened is I didn't realize that when I when you started to embrace me, basically, and then invited me to the care team, I pitched the idea to the care team. I interacted with the care team. I asked my friends to team up with me in the flower, flower ministry, how gracious and enthusiastic they are. And my husband also, I volunteered him into the flower ministry. And then when Oasis ladies um, donate all the vases, and then um, we team up partnering with Strelitzia, the local flower, wow. um, local florist. And then the process of when there is a need, we process a flower arrangement. My friend uh, made a card and someone delivered. All these things, all this experience, I think made me in a better place in my grief. So what happened is had I hear anything from UCC, I wouldn't experience this thing. Like, yeah. I think um, in your message on Sunday, Pastor John, you mentioned that um, Christians could fall into two errors mm-hmm. when they um, face challenges or mm-hmm. suffering. Mm-hmm. And one of them is they could uh, eliminate or dismiss or minimize the hurt and jump into the pool, into the jacuzzi, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, mm-hmm. immediately. I tend to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, if I had, uh, if I hear any, if I heard anything from UCC, and that's it, right? I would jump to the jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. But God wanted me to experience and process my grief through this ministry. So I would I would feel the grief and then process it, and I'm in a better place now. Yeah, wow. I hope that makes sense. It totally makes sense, yeah. No, I mean, and just, I think what I would say is, it doesn't excuse the hurt, but what God did is he redeemed it for something good. 
it reminds me of the story of Joseph, you know, what you intended for harm, God, you know, or so, yeah, thank you for excusing my behavior, but I still, I still <laughs> need to ask your forgiveness, which I did, but, but more so God used that to his glory to do something even better, I think would probably, would you agree, Dave, or any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, oftentimes it's, it's the things that the parts of our story we don't like over time, God has a way of kind of shifting and making his faithfulness and sovereignty really kind of known. But how profound for you to say that God is using this whole ministry to minister in your grief. That's huge. Yeah, because yeah. because um, I find it interesting because there is a mystery about being involved in a ministry. Mm-hmm. It seems like you give your time, your yeah. energy, your resources, but yeah. actually you gain more. Yeah, So totally. Like, with, yeah. I may sound selfish, but... <laughs> right. No, there is just, a sense of, yeah. Yeah. yeah a sense I learn of a lot. I gain mm-hmm. a lot. So, yeah. Yep. No, that's Being the crazy thing. all these things. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's that phrase, you can never outgive God, that he tends to outdo you in that. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Irna, for sharing your story. And we just love you today. I, I think I can speak on behalf. We're so honored to be your brothers in Christ and to have you as a sister in Christ. It's just, what a privilege to be a part of the same family. And uh, we also have volunteers who help out with other things. Like we had our Christmas Eve team planning for our Christmas Eve. And Irna was part of that as well. And we had so much fun. I can't, the amount of laughter we had on that team was so good. And so... Really I'm have, honored, and it was it was really fun. It was so much fun, and just I'm just really enjoying getting to know you better. And now you kind of mentioned the sermon, so that's a good transition. So, Dave, I'll hand it over to you, and you know you're going to stay on for this because we want your feedback too. So, I think we got to dust off uh, old muscles, I guess, or although you don't dust muscles, uh, <laughs> but uh, there are no machines to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you could just give us a quick recap of your sermon this past Sunday frame our conversation. Yeah. So we are uh, nearing the end of chapter eight in Romans. And if we were to split Romans into sections, we're in the third of five sections. This section is all about the tension we feel between uh, our old lives and our new lives, what we have done and what God is doing and how to thrive in that. And so uh, the big thing here was that um, it's okay to groan in that in-between phase. But we know that what's coming it really outweighs what we're going through right now. But we're not alone in the groaning. The groaning is actually cosmic. All of the earth is wanting our redemption as well. Uh, we do that. And then perhaps the greatest thing is that God's spirit in us groans with us, even when we don't know what to pray. And God uses those prayers and answers them as well. So it's just a sense of we're in this together. Um, and you, know, you refer to, you know, as Christians, we can err two ways. We can jump too quick to the glory or we can just stay in the pain and both can seem holy, but really we're Christians are weird that they're able to live in both concurrently. And so we uh, spent time in that as well. Yeah. So uh, you had mentioned glory yep. and I know um, we've had some people ask this question about like, what is glory? How do you define that? What is that process? And it's something I wanted to just hit on because I didn't learn this growing up. And I'm wondering if I'm not the only one here, when we talk about what happens after death for Christians, we often say we go to heaven, which is true, but that's not the full story. It's almost part A of a two-part story. Uh, the part B of that story is that when Jesus does return, there is a reunification of a new heaven and a new earth and new bodies. And so 
our spirits are reunited with a glorified, resurrected body, much like Jesus was. Um, and so when when we talk about our glorification or Jesus' glorification, you'll see in scripture that it often refers to Jesus' resurrected body. So I just wanted to make sure we knew that that um, a great book on this is N.T. Wright's um, Surprised by Hope. Uh, it's probably his most popular book that he's written that really talks about our theology of the afterlife is only half uh, there. There's a whole other chapter we don't focus on. And so you'll notice that um, Scripture really does focus on our resurrected bodies as well. In other words, the good news is not just for our spirits, but for our bodies as well. And first, sorry, yeah, First Corinthians chapter fifteen talks a lot about what our resurrected bodies will be like. It'll be like Jesus, and he talks more in detail about it as well. So, just want to emphasize that uh, the going to heaven is part A, but there is a part B that's even more glorious of a reunification of new earth, new heaven, new bodies with Christ, and so on. So, yeah, I think sometimes we're called to be like eager and excited for heaven. So I think as you kind of add to this nuance, how does that help you become more excited for heaven, so to speak? You know, I think part of it is, it reminds me that earth and our bodies are not, um, are not just evil, but they're broken and God is in the um, business of redeeming. So, you know, we ask questions like, what will heaven be like? And really, I think with the question we need to ask is, what will the new heaven and new earth be like? And the fact that it's a new earth means things like trees and animals and people. It's just, it's a, it's an unbroken, unsin-tainted earth because heaven is now. In fact, it was part of Jesus' Lord's Prayer. Um, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Revelation talks about a, a huge wedding ceremony of heaven and earth being rejoined. So I, I think it makes what we're doing now not irrelevant or lack of meaning. You know, if I enjoy a tree, that's okay because I'm guessing there's even going to be a more glorified tree in heaven. Does that make sense? So it, it adds more realism. You know, do you have any thoughts on that? Is, what are you thinking about that as you think about all that? I couldn't agree more. I think it's all true. All right. Thank you. That's why Irna's here, just to go, yes, Pastor John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want some controversy in here. <laughs> I think the danger is to think everything in this life is useless and of not because it's all passing away and we're all living for a world that we haven't experienced yet. And that's not complete. Yeah, go ahead, Irna. Yeah. I just think that it's like a training here on earth. We we are in a training to to be prepared to eternal life in a new heaven and new earth, yeah. I think. Yeah. It also, I mean, this probably has become more meaningful to me as I age. And I wonder for our younger folk, like you, David, it's not as relevant. But as I see things deteriorating, um, knowing that's not the end of the story for my body as well. Um, and I think it's, I don't know, this is just theory. No one really knows. But when Jesus was in his resurrected body, I think it's interesting that most people didn't initially recognize him, but then they did later. So it makes me think we're going to look somewhat similar to how we look now, but the glorified part of us will make us look slightly unfamiliar too. So I don't know. I'm just excited about what that will be like. So it's just, it's, it's very fascinating to me. It's still a mystery. Lots of that is still a mystery to me, but I'm excited to learn yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But it makes me think that even like how we look and how we interact isn't all lost and, and it's, it's going to be a redeemed version of ourselves 
So that's exciting to me. I remember my spiritual director would tell me that our bodies are our friends. Our bodies are our friends. Okay. And that was always like a weird thing for me because I think oftentimes we're always at like opposed to our bodies. Like if something's wrong with our body or you, you know, wake up with aches or can't fall asleep or something like that, we have this kind of growing resentment and frustration with our bodies. And that might be kind of connected to that whole internal groaning. But at the same time, part of this like sanctification process is kind of almost getting reacquainted with the body that God has given you. And it sounds like in heaven, it's like that marriage or, or, or kind of perfect unity of sorts. Paul's main point is, as he started that section was, I do not consider our present sufferings even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. So um, he's not ignoring our present sufferings, but he is very excited about what is to come and knows that what is to come really outweighs whatever suffering we're going on right now. In fact, that's going to continue into this Sunday sermon as he lives out, because he went through tons of suffering himself. We're going to talk about that next week. But for some reason, even though he went through suffering, more suffering than I think most of us have, he still has a sense of confidence and hope and optimism, and it's because of what he's holding on to. So that's going to be the theme of next week as well. I know you had talked about this kind of, oftentimes we read uh, Romans 8 and we focus on our own groanings, but mm-hmm. you had highlighted that it's actually the spirit that is groaning on our behalf. Yeah. And so I guess the question is, how does that distinction, how should it help us kind of like reframe our thinking around groaning? And Yeah, great, great question. So just full confession, some of you are going to push back on this because this is a, I, I ruined your favorite verse, but... I had always read this. This was our groanings. And for those of us who believe in speaking in tongues, this was a, you know, a proof text for that. Now, I do believe in the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. I'm not denying that. But as I look at that more, I don't think this verse is about that. The groaning, there is a part in that section talks about our own groaning. So it's not that we're groaning, but the groaning we're talking about is the spirit is groaning. I just thought, wow, God's spirit in us is groaning with us. And it's such a picture of compassion and co-suffering. And again, I shared, there's this sense that sometimes we feel like God is distant doing something to us in the midst of suffering. But I think a healthier perspective is God is with us, even in us, groaning with us as we go through the suffering and creating a redemptive experience out of it, much like what you shared, Erna, of a, a painful thing that God used for his glory. So I just think it shifts the the really presence of God in the midst of deep suffering. Yeah. I think as you're sharing that, I think of like, oftentimes we think of God co-suffering with us and we jump to the cross. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's obviously yep. like yep. the pinnacle of that. But at the same time, I think what you're suggesting is that also wasn't a one-off right. thing yeah, where good. in the spirit, it's almost like we are crucified with him and he with us in yeah. some ways. Yeah. And so that does... That's an extremely encouraging thought. Well, good. Well, hey, you guys, any last thoughts before we uh, close this podcast? I just want to say that we will face suffering. We will say face difficulties, grief. But knowing that, like you said, the Holy Spirit groans with us and go with us alongside. Hopefully this will keep us going, knowing that this one is just temporary and also 
important to know that we are not alone. We have a church community and church community is not perfect because we are all in there. We are imperfect people. But if we can grow together, and I think um, that will help us all grow together in Christ. Thank you, Irna. Irna, it was so fun having you on this podcast. Thank you so much. And it sounds like we have to do part two with Enrico about how you met and got married. Is that right? That will be, <laughs> are, you, are you committing Enrico to a second part to this? Well, we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll do a couple sections because I think you still have to finish part oh, two. Oh, yeah. I have yes. a funny story with my wife. Yeah, yeah. So maybe like, I don't know, Valentine's Day special or something. Oh, <laughs> Valentine's Day special. All the drama meeting our spouses. That's a great one. Good. Hey, David, so good to see you again doing this. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. God bless you. 